0: Welcome to the History of Palisadesia one-on-one sessions. I'm your host, Junior Francis alongside our producer and good friend Eric Cola. This series celebrates and aims to preserve and promote the rock steady and vintage scene in Southern California and beyond through insightful conversations with legends and modern day talent including those behind the scenes. A lot of friends are working behind the scenes to make me successful. Hence Whether you listen to this podcast series or watch us on YouTube, many thanks for your support and remember to tell a friend. It is your obligation and your responsibility to tell all your friends and your relatives to listen to us. On this episode, we are excited, really and truly excited to welcome Opie Ortiz, vocalist from Long Beach Dub All-Star. And when we say Long Beach Dub All-Star, that's a household name here in Southern California. Mm-hmm. also a talented tattoo and visual artist. Welcome, Opie, and thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. Yes, yeah, so- Opie. Thank you. Yes, Good to see you again. Yes, yes, man. yes Yeah,
1: greetings. Uh-huh. Yes,
2: sir. Opie, we're going to dive right in. Um, are you, are you born and bred in Southern California?
1: Yeah, I was born in uh, Corona, California.
2: Oh, wow. Okay, Corona. Yeah. Mm. Not too far from junior, where you were. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> right. Um, and and is that where you primarily grew up as well?
1: Uh, no, I just happened to be. Our family doctor was there, and that's just where I happened to be born. My family was uh, living in uh L.A. at the time.
2: Okay. It's, so, so is is you consider Los Angeles primarily where you grow up? Okay, like a, um, a youth man.
1: No, I was like, I think until I was two years old and then my mom moved to Long Beach. Mm. She separated from the family and moved down to Long Beach and everyone thought she was crazy, but that's where I, that's where I grew up in Long Beach pretty much most of my life.
2: Right. Right. All right. That, that, I think that makes a lot of sense, obviously, given, given your, your, your musical path, so to speak. And, and, um, before we dive into the music side, um, Junior, he has a couple of questions regarding your your right. tattoo and artist side of things,
0: which is what uh um, as a visual artist. Please share your early uh, inspiration and who uh, and what time you realized that wow I have this talent outside of playing music.
1: Um, I was always um, into visual arts as a young kid. Um, my mom was always doing art inside of the home, and she was doing her own photography. She had her own um, dark room and everything and built wow. onto our house and everything so and she was doing a lot of like different stuff like needlepoint and stained glass and stuff like that so being around that as a young kid it was just like I was inspired to do all these different things but I couldn't because it was all adult stuff so I had to like just stick to my just drawing and painting and stuff like that
2: wow so so your mom uh has that talent anyone else in your family um have any sort of like artistic um Um,
1: my dad was kind of like a builder he was into construction and stuff like that um my mom was more of a musical person she was a more um artistic uh person in the family um i don't think there's like a couple of my cousins that are are into art and stuff like that
0: yeah yeah Um, so so when exactly did you start
1: um, very young. Um, I would say like in like fourth grade, I remember I did like a, a, a report on cows or something like that. And I just wrote a small essay, but I remember drawing a picture of a cow and I got an A and the teacher was amazed because I just co- <laughs> I just copied the picture. Right. But at, at a young age, I was fascinated with art. So I realized that I could get away with you know if you do a little bit of art you can get away with you know lacking another you know the writing part <laughs> <laughs>
2: you, blew her, you blew her away um, yeah and, and then and then when did when did that skill transfer over to to the tattoo world
1: um at a very young age I, we had an older friend we were probably around i want to say 14 or 15 and we had an older friend who just turned 18 and then he had went and got tattooed and We had trekked all the way across Long Beach from I think You know one side to the other side of the town to go hit to his house His name was Brent French rest in peace
0: Hmm.
1: and uh to see his little tattoo that he had received It meant that you guys then uh it was our friend uh Jason Paul who made the the tattoo and it was terrible you know it was like a little it was like a ace of spades card with a dagger going through it okay <laughs> and at like you know 14 15 years old we saw it me and my friend Paul and immediately we just went home and tried to make a tattoo machine really yeah
2: You're so really successful in making that
1: yeah the funny thing is we were I was successful in making the machines but we we didn't get the ink right for like probably like four or five tattoos on him, so he has like a couple scarred up little parts on his body from that.
2: <laughs> Did he ever have it touched up? <laughs>
1: oh yeah, he has a bunch of tattoos from me now.
2: Okay, yeah, yeah. And and what was um what was your fat first tattoo that, that you ever got?
1: Um. I can't remember if it's something on my leg, but I remember I got the Lion of Judah on my arm when I was like, I want to say fifteen.
2: Wow. Okay.
1: Yeah. And I told everybody I was—I just was going to get one tattoo. That was the funny thing.
2: <laughs> no, you have two. <laughs> and that, yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. You have a couple more than one. Yeah. yeah. Was it? Was it? Since you mentioned at that young age as well the Lion of Judah, so so what was your it's a question that we love to ask? But what was your baptism to? jamaican music
1: um of course it was like you know bob marley but it was like for some reason there was like a strong cold of jamaicans in long beach there was like culture beat records and yeah courtney i still talk to him um and there was like a few other people that we, we were connected with that were listening to like dance hall and like other roots music that like i feel still to this day i still listen to it like that was like i want to say it was like stuff like twinkle brothers i want to say there was some english stuff like um asher senator and um smiley culture it was a lot of that stuff so it was like a a lot of people that were playing me the reggae were already schooled in it they already knew like they had the albums and they had done the research and stuff like that
2: and we're talking early early mid 80s the, yeah I, mean, I,
1: I would imagine it's like right when it was like becoming accessible over in this area you know
2: yeah yeah wow yeah the, 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 those are some deep artists i mean culture beat i, I remember buying my first yellow man cd there and uh, yeah it's his spot in Long Beach. and he used to get a lot of stuff from england yeah. Yeah. Okay. I saw, we Good saw Coco
1: T did an in-house there mm. and they didn't think he was going to do it. There was hardly any people there, but he came and wow. he, he rocked the mic and everything. And we couldn't believe it. And Courtney was going crazy, but it was so, it was incredible.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We enjoyed, uh, we, we interviewed Courtney, um, I guess it's maybe about a, year a year and now. a half mm. ago. Um, yeah. I talked a lot about culture and fenders uh, of and obviously what he has going on now. Yeah. Um, so, so Opie, Sublime's first live show was on the 4th of July, 1989, 88, 89, I believe. Um, A, were you there that day? And, and, and when did you find yourself, and how did you find yourself part of the Sublime family?
1: Um, I'm pretty sure I was there. Um, it was like, we were just all really tight friends, and they we're playing a certain kind of music that we were all like, oh, these guys have a band. And like, if you're, it's kind of weird. If your friends have a band, you're kind of just like, it's like a magnet, you know, you're just kind of like, oh, what are they going to do now? You know, you're just kind of like enamored by it or whatever, but they would play punk rock and they would play a little bit of ska and stuff like that. And then I don't know what happened. They started playing like covers and stuff. So they would play like, was talking to someone about this y- just yesterday um i can't remember what they would play a couple of bob marley songs and it was just like really like hey what's going on right now what you know total shift change in the party you know um, but but i noticed it was like a good shift change and like people actually mellowed out from like you know thrashing around and like you know everyone took notice to, to that you know
2: yeah do you think and that I was th- was that a conscious decision on their part
1: yeah I don't know what it I think it was it had to do with Brad um coming back from Santa Cruz okay and the heavy influence of the the radio station up there I forget what it was called um K's KCZ something but they they played heavy heavy reggae and there was like a tape that he had that he recorded and it was called the holy homework tape but mm-hmm. i think he had a heavy you know he had he had been baptized by some heavy reggae so when he came back down here i guess he he wanted to delve into it you right. know and see what it was about
2: yeah 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 <laughs> that's that's pretty fascinating um so opiate um some of the viewers likely recognize you from the cover of Robin of uh, the hood. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you tell us about that photo and what it might have represented to you and uh, the, the recordings on that particular sublime album?
1: Um, well, I just I had just gotten in like a bar brawl and gotten my teeth knocked out at that time, and <laughs> they had called me and told me that they were filming a video and they were all out of their minds at this point like yeah. seriously like they were partying i mean eric was pretty mellow and bud was pretty mellow but brad was pretty like out there at this time and the people that were there for the video shoot were kind of like out there too like it was like pretty weird you know like but it was just all of our friends and we just kind of shot some video footage and it ended up being some of it ended up being used for a song uh the one song on Robin Hood that's uh I'm not I'm not too into reggae I think it's called
2: okay. Yeah.
1: and Brad used the video thing and like cut up all the audio of them talking huh. from from that video but that video that night was like pretty weird we were like on a motorcycle and I think Brad was on the back or something and I was driving it was pretty it was just like wild stuff you know it was like
2: yeah. we well, though, was under it- the
1: under the influence you know yeah, right
2: <laughs> um yeah, no, that's a good question was it all planned out or, or was some of the spontaneous
1: well i mean the songs about you know tweaking out a pad and like getting tattooed and like you know it's just like yeah it's weird it's a weird song so No, it was not planned out. We were just like there, and they were like, okay, now do this, now do this. And they just happened to, they were telling me to say this thing, and I said, "I would say, it runs like a beast. And I was like, it runs like a beast. And that was like the still of the Robin, the hood that they took.
2: Yeah, yeah, do you you remember um, why you got in a barber all?
1: Oh, I was wasted out of my mind, drunk up in Signal Hill somewhere.
2: Right, got it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so let me throw
0: a couple of questions that you know. So what made Sublime so special and such a uh, really and truly household name, not only in Long Beach, but uh, Southern California and beyond?
1: Um, I would have to say... Um, their diligence in like touring and playing. Mm-hmm. Um, they were pretty active, you know, during those years that they were tour, they were alive and, and producing albums and stuff. Um, I would have to say also his, his, you know, their writing the way they wrote and the way they played um, the hodgepodge of different styles of music. um, And I, and just me, you know, just the, what he wrote about like it was it was it seems he wrote from his heart you know it wasn't like he was trying to tell a story about something he was just like he was telling you the story you know
2: yeah yeah so, that, that so, definitely came across
0: so having said that what affected Bradley's death? have on you uh the band general but more specifically you as an individual
1: um I didn't see it coming. We we were like he had it, it had gotten bad to the point where we became um, less friends because I wasn't I didn't advocate for that. I wasn't gonna co sign on any of that. And it got physical a couple of times. Um, so it was hard for me, you know, he I know he loved me and I loved him, you know. And it was real hard when he died. Imagine. for all of us be, because we were also an invest invested in it and we watched it it got to this you know they rose to this peak and it was just all just you know all for nothing you know not for nothing but for it was just taken away you know
2: yeah yeah no i mean it was, it was, it was uh, i can imagine how hard it was on people close to him and obviously you know fans who, you know continue to mourn uh, obviously um but yeah, I mean, the, what they what they left and obviously still carry on through 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 of All Stars and obviously Sublime with Realm and and a lot of tribute bands that are out there, you know. Just, oh
1: yeah, there's it's like and, and every the, day every day there's like a new one, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just recently covered She Blind, She Blind. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah,
2: yeah, all female. Um, um, but regarding this, uh, and we're gonna ask some questions about that that, that whole sound, but 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 two two guys who who I know played a role and, and one of them currently as well with you on Lami All Stars, but but they played a key role as well with the Sublime sound, and that's Miguel Happold and, and and Ross and G. Marshall Goodman. Um but but talk briefly about their role <laughs> in in Sublime and that in that overall scene.
1: Um it's like there's certain time frames where certain players would come in and play. Right. <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> and um 40 Ounce of freedom was uh recorded by miguel yep and yep. was uh, the the drumming on it most of it was uh marshall goodman mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and scratches and stuff like that right um so those that you could tell in the in the production how those albums sound you know it's like they're a lot different from others other you know other players and stuff like that um self-titled also had um ross mg scratching Uh and doing some production um summertime right so they both though they they offered like different things you know I, I I remember like Miguel facilitating certain things that Brad wanted to do you know yeah he would just he would just be there doing it like recording or getting the sampler going you know and it was like Brad didn't have to do anything right
2: uh, Yep. Yeah. was like
1: yeah. I, I I mean that's visually what I saw it was just like he was just oh boom you know <clears throat> set that up you know right because that because that's how he is yeah um, <laughs> And then like marshall was facilitating you know playing the drums you know that's what his job was um and you know there's other players that come in and play and um obviously bud and um you know all the other little like producers and stuff like that that you know were involved yeah yeah
2: So perfect, perfect segue into um, talk about the early days of Long Beach, the Ballsters um, obviously came about after after Brad's untimely passing. Um, But talk about the original members and then fast forward to who is currently in the group.
1: Okay, Um, so there was obviously um, Bud and Eric, uh, Miguel Marshall, Tim Wu, Mm -hmm. Mikey Owens, rest in peace. Uh, Jack um uh, me, and I believe um, Todd Foreman was in the right. very beginning. And um, there was somebody that played trumpet too.
2: Okay.
1: Um, I can't remember if it was um, James Pannell or something. I can't remember. Okay. But that was like the initial like Dove All-Star lineup. Yep. Also and with probably, uh,
2: Mar- that's probably, Marshall too. That's probably around. I saw you guys in the late '90s at Sierra Nevada World Music Festival up north, up in up in like Marysville area. It's, pro- it's probably yeah, yeah there. And then also you guys played yeah Bob Marley Day Festival, right? Um, maybe a little bit later, but um, yeah, okay, yeah, that was <clears throat> yeah. So that was that was early on. Um we're going to talk about some of your recordings. Yeah,
1: about. that was the er- early lineup. So then we toured until I believe like 2000 and then we kind of like disbanded. Yeah. And um and then the two different, you know, teams formed uh one band was uh, Short Bus. Yep. And then the other um, band that formed was Dubcat. And Dubcat was a formulation of uh, me, Marshall, um, Dave Fuentes, rest in peace, Mm. um, Aaron Owens, um, Destin Barry, um, Marshall, and Tim Wu.
0: Yep. And the other sect was. During the the conversation. Like, Dave, we're going to talk about. What's that? i said some of those names yeah. resurface surface again throughout the discussion
1: yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah of course so, so uh, the, there was dubcat and then there was a short bus and short bus was rass and and eric and a couple other players right and we both did um you know we didn't we didn't dubcat never recorded but we did like touring and stuff like that
2: yeah and, and back and i remember seeing you guys back um half pint um at the and ford um i think it was yeah um yeah. yeah
1: we did a lot of stuff with half pint
2: yeah yeah
1: some stuff with tip tip um, tip tip of IRE. right um and then a- after that it was a while we didn't we hadn't we hadn't played and then um i can't remember it, w- what year it was but they asked us to play um an srh festival zinger had asked us to play an srh festival with some people that we already we were familiar with like dilated peoples and mad child and some other people so we kind of jumped on it and that was like the beginning i think with a moniker we used was lbda yep when we first came back we played like a couple different shows in long beach and then that show in um I can't remember it was out Glen Helen or something like that.
2: Yeah, San Bernardino or something. Right, right. Um, And now, current members.
1: And that 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 those members were at that time. It was me, Marshall, Tim. I want to say Miguel and Roger.
2: yeah Mm -hmm.
1: and i want to say ed was playing bass at ed campworth
2: yeah Mm -hmm. so you so that
1: was the lineup that kind of kind of like it has stuck for it was for a minute now and then just recently this last album kind of the lineup switched up to um gil sharon playing drums
2: yeah and
1: miguel playing guitar
2: right and still Roger, the, the, the incredible, Roger. yeah.
1: Still Roger, Devin, Devin, uh, man like Devin came in for some songs,
2: yeah,
1: yeah, nice. Um, it's Chris still... Dowd came in and uh-huh. done some stuff from Fishbone, yeah.
2: Yep. My,
1: bro- my brother, my okay. brother, Filiano from Long Beach, he does hip hop, he came in and did two songs,
2: right? Right, and, and then... that's
1: the current lineup, that's the current lineup right now,
2: right? And then, um Brian Wallace, double robot, does does sometimes play sax right and tours with you guys. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, so I wanted to ask you about
0: um some big names in a reggae fraternity. What was it like working with the likes of uh, man who goes by a measure half pint, the man with the Canary voice, Barrington Levy H R.
1: Yeah.
0: And he's from London,
2: Tipperary. Some of the
1: heavyweights, yeah. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Yeah. Um, you know, it's like the more time you spend with them, you, the more time you get to see who they are. And, you know, they're just genuine people. But, like, I, I particularly bonded with Tipa and Half Pint a lot. And, you know, Half Pint's been to my house right here, you know, and eating, you know, dinner with us and stuff like that and chatting about stuff and just learning about you know the whole reggae world and stuff from his his point of view is just an incredible thing to you know to talk about yeah. also tipa Irie, we just we just did a show with tipa Irie in um palm springs and it was good to catch up with him too so it's like you get to learn a lot of different you know these people come from different areas of the world and stuff so you get to learn you know a whole different perspective of what's you know what they go, they go through and what their daily life is
2: right right
0: so why was it just one project because i'm quite sure the project was successful that compilation
2: right the album with
0: all those guests right the, right the right
2: track album um from from 99 right
1: oh uh, the right back sorry yeah right. i think that was kind of i think that was in a in a in a kind of like not a weird way, but in a, like an honor way to say like, you know, these are the artists that we respect. And these are the artists that we, you know, choose to work with. I think we had, we owed half pint, you know, not, not us personally, but, you know, from Brad using, you know, some lyrics uh, on, you know, the, what I got, he, you know, they, they, they paid pint, you know, a lot of money. So, when we got to meet him, the, the friendship became stronger. Right. Okay. Cause we realized he, he realized that we, who we were and we realized who he was. And we started touring, you know, extensively and just became really good friends. Hmm. And, um, still to this day, we, you know, we call him and chat, you know, talk with him and stuff. He was just out here in LA a while back and he played a show with us. Um, But yeah, we try to keep the, you know, we love all the, you know, OG legends, especially
0: more work with him.
1: Yeah, I would love to. We haven't, we haven't spoke to him in a minute. So, you know, we, we were, we were thinking about doing some stuff on the, on this last album with some guests and stuff. But we just kind of like, we figured it would take a little more time, you know, to, to do stuff like that.
0: How about live performances? Because
2: if I'm not yeah, we would love I think to. He lives in the states, right? Yeah, I think he lives up north, northern California now, right? That's what yeah. I was
0: hoping that you would.
2: Do. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, we would love to. We're gonna get that connection going again.
0: So, right. is he living in northern California? You said you spoke to him. Recently. Uh,
1: I've, I heard, yeah. but then I heard he was back east, uh, so I'm not sure if he was vis- visiting or something.
0: Right, right, right. He may
1: have been in New York.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would really be nice to see you guys on the road again. Yeah, and it would be good to read you, yeah. career, because he hasn't been working that. Yeah, long. He was at the dub club maybe a year or two. Other than that, I haven't seen we're does coming out of the pandemic. So right, but yeah, did, yeah. I crazy. think
1: he did a tra- he did a track with uh, a young girl named Venea or uh, Vinaya, I think, a while back. Okay, they did a, a track and a video and stuff.
2: I'll have the track for that, yeah, yeah, but that nice. was. Truly solid album. Um speaking of albums, so your the second album, Wonders of the World, you all worked with producer Paul Leary, who, who was involved in and in, in Sublime's um breakthrough self-titled album. In your opinion, how did that album differ and stand apart from Right Back?
1: Um I I would say creatively we were more in a like creative mind state and like um like we thought we were unstoppable at that point pretty much um we had a lot of like steam and you know power underneath us from touring and a lot of our like HR was with us on tour Half Pint Barrington Tipa like we it was you know we were just Moment. we were just do- you yeah, know we had a lot of momentum so yeah. when I think when the album dropped and it, it came you know on the September eleventh, it just took the, everything out of the sales and everything. It's just kinda like there goes that, you know.
2: Right. Yeah, something about just horrible, horrible timing. Um Yeah. Uh Will I Am is on that one, Charlie Tuna, right? You had a few other guests, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Half pint's on that one too.
2: Okay, right, right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But both both stellar um albums there. Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, one um uh, I know you mentioned this earlier uh, uh, but more specifically when did uh Dubcat form and uh, if you can take us back to that what caused the group to split uh,
1: no I want to say
0: so, uh, so sort of uh two or three questions in one but you could yeah me.
1: yeah I think um Dubcat formed around I want to say two thousand one maybe. I'm not sure. Um, I might have to ask um Tim Wu. Um and we we played a while. We played I wanna say probably about four or five years. Well, long we
0: time were, no and they were,
1: they actually recorded there there is tracks that they recorded, like oh. the certain musicians recorded and certain tracks were used for certain artists. And it's like, I I've heard those tracks too. They're, um, some of them are used on, um, Toko Tossi's album. They did an album called spiritual life.
0: So it was, um, so, so was it conscious not to do a recording, just focus on touring? Conscious a, conscious um,
1: I, I, yeah, I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't the right decision. You know what I mean? I, it was, I think we were just having fun playing music at that point.
2: Right, and Hepcat, Hepcat was broken up. They had yeah, been, I'm a They weren't
1: playing at that time.
2: So, so that's so, what the keyboard was. Before. So that's why that's why Dustin. Uh, that's Destin, why right, that's right. why um, Dave Fuentes. Dave. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And and you touched earlier on um, when Long Beach all started split. Right, there was Dubcat, and there was Shortbus. shortbus Short Bus was focused a little bit more on the on the punk side of things. Right, whereas Dubcat was yeah
1: more like rock, more like more, rock. yeah more punk and more rock right age,
2: I mean, yeah. dubcat dubcat was was a little bit more closer to what long beach of all-stars played right is that safe to say yeah right. i would say i would more.
1: say we were just more more reggae based reggae. yeah yeah
2: right yeah mm-hmm. I, yeah i it's, it's great to hear that that some of those recordings ended up some or yeah some of the songs ended up somewhere you right? want to
1: hear a, you want to hear a funny fact it was it was actually at the end of the dub all-stars 2000 run i believe eric was getting tired and he was he was he didn't want to be on the road yeah so we had actually uh called dave fuentes and dave fuentes was going to actually fill in for eric wow. for, for our dub all-stars
2: oh uh, okay and so
1: that that just kind of led into Dubcat forming
2: right okay I
1: think I think Dave was just Dave just wanted to play you know he wanted to jam so we were like we were like this player yeah oh man I I miss him I miss him so much Mm -hmm. I was talking to I was talking to Jesse Wagner from the Agri lights because that's how I met him is through Dave Fuentes and that's how I met roger that's how i met a lot of people you know and that i know now still to this day is because dave fuentes
2: yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and and the flip side is so when when my buddy sean and i were managing the agger lights that's when right after jay bonner had had left the band dave filled in for a bit Mm -hmm. with it and i knew dave from hepcat but i got to know me even better when he was filling in for, for at least some of the uh the US states and talked about a potential overseas Europe but um yeah Dave big he was such a fucking good wow. hang man
1: he was wow. such a good hang
2: so true
1: I I miss I miss him so much because just not because he introduced us all and everything like that but just playing music with him was like it was it, it he made it feel very special you know what I mean yeah. every time every time not
2: raw talent yeah
1: every time <laughs>
2: yes indeed indeed so so and and uh while we're while we're on the the the, um on this uh unfortunate subject of losing people you you talked earlier about the owens brothers but but talk a little bit more about about what what made aiki special what made aaron special
1: when um when dub all-stars formed aiki was like he was like he was like a kid in the candy store. He was like, they would always tell him to turn his keyboard up, you know, to the level that he was going to play. Right. And then whenever they, when it was like time to do a solo or anything, it was like, his keyboard just got so loud, you know, out of the blue. And we were doing, we were doing like some like dance hall stuff too. So we were like, Hey, can you do some, some orchestra crashes, you know? And it like, one time I remember, cause we would record the shows and I, I can't, if we were playing with mad lion or, um, orange Americans.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: And he did like a, a keyboard, you know, dun, 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 dun. and it was so loud. It just was like, wah. we all laughed and everything. It was, I mean, we were all learning at that point, you know what I mean? Yeah. But he was, he was so talented. Like he was, he was like an, one of those people that, anything you know just any time it's just and go just time
2: musical styles i mean went on to play with marv's volta jack yeah. and just incredible
1: yeah he'd be he'd be like i could see him going through it you know listening to songs he would just be like oh i'm gonna use that <laughs> you know and like i'd be like wait a minute you know like how are you gonna use that and he's like well, i'm gonna put it in this song i'm gonna redo it and i'm just like wow this dude's he's already got it done you know in his mind
0: yeah. Wow. wow. Uh, raw style. I mean, raw. Yeah.
1: Hair. Yeah. And then his brother Aaron, wow. he was like, he was kind of like the leader in Dubcat mm-hmm. because he was just so you know we all looked up to him and his plane and um, it was like if he was having a bad day, we would have a bad day, kind of like you know. So whenever he was doing good, it was like. You know, just to watch him play, he would always get like a little bead of sweat right here on his nose, and that's how I knew he was, he was, he was doing it. Wow. Yeah, he was like, man, he was him and Dave, him and Dave was like when Dubcat was like rocking, Aaron and Dave, man, it was, it was on point.
2: Yeah, yeah, big, big love, love and respect to uh to Ikey, Aaron, and, and 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 Dave. Yeah
1: um that's actually that's actually on Aaron on the Owens Brothers song yeah that's actually um Aaron's playing on that
2: oh you know I think I do remember hearing about yeah. That. Yeah. Um, it was
1: a it was a song that he had written and he would he kept telling me like it was weird because he was pushing me to write before I kind of like had my my writing whatever it was Right. he had he would always push me to like come on you know he knew we could do it live and I would just jam freestyle or whatever right but like he was all he was pushing me to write he would send me songs and I have like Miguel has them all but like man that was one of them and it like when finally when I was finally done writing it out oh, man I'm, I almost cried yeah because, that makes,
2: that much makes more special too that yeah
1: song. and when we were like mixing it too it like it got it got like, you know, put under a little bit, you know. And I remember Miguel was like, bring that up, bring that up, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there it is. And it's like a, if you listen to the song, it's like a, it sounds like a Hawaiian style.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Style yeah. on it.
0: When you say send your song, you mean uh, the music and then you would write the words for, for clarity.
1: Yeah. He had, he had written a, a song and it had like a progression. And it had that like Hawaiian style, like, blah, you know, it had like a, a certain progression and it stuck with me. And then later on, after he had passed, I asked Miguel to pull that track up and he had it and they had, he had actually been working on it. Mm-hmm. So then we started just writing to that, to that progression.
2: Right. And um, yeah, it was really great to see uh you do that that song live at Cali Vibes too that was that was nice yeah and i'm sure it's part of your regular set too yeah on tour um so there seems to be a blend of of long beach skate surf punk hip hop obviously reggae but even even some chicano cultural references that blends through sublime and long beach to ball stars the music and and, and art um, a would you agree with that and b how do you think that, that that these all intertwine and come together uh in, in your experience
1: yeah it is um well i mean it's just it's how it's what you live you live every day you wake up you you're eating some mexican food you, you go outside <laughs> you're you know you're you hear some some rap music you know what i mean you go wherever you're going to work or whatever you're going to hear yep whatever the city the city noise or whatever so i think it's like wherever you're at that's what you you're you're soaking yeah. up your environment you know right so that's what you're going to sing or rap about or you know yep. be yeah. about
2: right mm-hmm. yes it's, it's very socal and very uh obviously long beach um yeah it's definitely definitely apparent um uh, courtney minor yes
0: uh, I know we mentioned him earlier, but take us back to his records tour in um, Strong Beach. I mean, Long Beach.
1: <laughs>
0: the, um, beat the first
1: one, the first one or the second one?
0: Well, actually, both of them, because I I only know of the second one.
1: Okay.
0: It was in a mall, right? Mini mall?
1: Yeah, he, the first one was on 7th Street by Juan Apero. Okay. And... Um, we would go there
2: second one was near pick and save was it
1: yeah yeah and so we would go there and they didn't I mean he didn't really have a very large I mean at that time it was probably very hard to get reggae albums shipped out you know and the right ones to sell so he didn't have that many albums out on the racks you know what I mean it was very sparse but he was really cool and you know he had tapes and like the tape craze was kind of like big at that time and We were getting into, like, you know, different DJs, you know, because there's so many different DJs, you know, like sing J's and stuff like that. So, we were just kind like,
0: of like, our uh, viewers and listeners, what time period are we talking about now?
1: This would have to be maybe late 80s, mm-hmm.
2: right?
1: So, like, maybe 88,
2: 89. Mm-hmm
1: i'm terrible with dates
2: no but that 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 would sound about right yeah Yeah.
1: um so when we we would start we that that spawned our you know our curiosity for the vinyl (laughs) at that point because we would see you know for me personally it's the it's the like the the ones with all the crazy color the characters and all that you know the rats dancing and that to me that blew my mind i was like i have to buy this album i don't care if it's terrible look at the cover you know what i mean it it never let me down either they would always be the best albums straight up
2: Hmm. so
1: you get the ones with the cartoons on the cover you would get get them buy them all because those are the best ones with all the hits on them
2: so so (laughs) so we
1: would start collecting albums and then you know pretty soon we there's like three or four of us that are collecting different albums and actually going to different stores now and going to like la and stuff and like asking friends to like dub a tape and stuff like that so we were actually searching now for like certain artists and stuff like that so and one of those people was brad
0: yeah right right right. interesting Mm
1: -hmm. yeah so me and him another friend uh my friend gustavo and you know we all had other three or four other friends that were all searchers and diggers too so we would all make tapes and then you know everyone would get say oh this tape you know this mix right here this one's banging you know this Mm -hmm. one's you know so each everyone would try to be making you know our own little mix tapes and stuff like that right so that's when it got like really like we started to like actually you know every weekend we'd go looking for records or cd not cds but tapes
2: yeah
0: Yes, yeah, so join the club. Big respect to the man, Culture Beat, you know? Yeah. yeah.
2: It is interesting to think. Yeah. He had a vision. And we talked about this with, with Courtney. We, we kind of joked half-jokingly half, half jokingly with Courtney, but it is interesting to think if Culture Beat and Courtney did not exist, how the course of music, right, would yeah. change in this whole subculture, right, that, that you're part of. I mean, it's... Yeah. You know, it's kind of, and you can say that about a lot of things in, in the music world, but you know, or in life. But like it, it, specific to what we're talking about here, it is interesting to think about how that would have changed, right? And how what yeah. you
0: know, so best. What are some of other bands? Uh, Rat Love Copeland, bands that used to go to the record shop, or people who went to the store and actually learn
2: about reggae music by hanging out. Well, I mean, I mean, Opie, you just mentioned, you know, Brad, and I think I think some of the No Doubt crew also went there. I mean, I mean, yeah others as well but i'm you know i'm sure i'm sure there were others from from that whole thing right and from so
1: yeah
2: I did. yeah
1: i mean if you knew about it that you you knew about it you were like gonna go there you know
2: yeah it was definitely the place and, and courtney was so was so um willing to to obviously talk about the music that he loved and and when when you know when when uh my old high school friend and myself Reno started Regen nucleus magazine in the 90s Courtney would give us advice. And we'd learn a lot about the scene, you know, uh, and music from him. So he was definitely willing and able. So that was, he
1: had, he had direct interaction with sublime. And when they gave him, they said, Hey, Brad said, Hey, will you sell your, our tape in your store? And he's like, well, let me see it. And it, it, the name of the tape was jaw won't pay the bills.
2: Right, yeah. And he
1: looked at it and he was like, sell your tape. jaw Won't pay the bills. He's all jaw provide. You know, and we we're just like, I was like, oh, no, like they disrespected, you know, like,
2: <laughs> but it
1: was like a, you know, funny thing. Like, it was kind of like he laughed at it, you know, and he like sold, he sold their tapes.
2: That's great. Yeah. I love that. Yes, sir. Or, uh, <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Yes, sir. <laughs> so I
0: want to take you down, memory lane. uh Lambie double star reformed um, in 2012 after 10 or 11 years on or about hiatus. How did the reunion come about? um by, by the way how we, many years before the reunion
1: Oh yep. uh, well we had did like we had like I said earlier we had done like a couple shows in Long Beach right and we had done like just like some little one-offs but it wasn't like we're back or anything like that we I had spoken to a couple of the members just about because we had some I had been like I started to write so I had like a couple songs that me and ed had been kind of like going back and forth with and they were almost done we had demos and we were just like hey let's go record these so that kind of like spawned um we did a, a cover of hooligans and uh, then I'm we did honest. uh i believe it's the frankie paul version
0: mm-hmm. oh yeah man one shot style <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: yeah um And then we did another song uh, by the name of uh, Don't Get Me Down. So that was kind of like the very beginning of when we were like getting ready to get the ball going and start doing it. And then we just kind of hit some roadblocks. I don't know what had happened, but a little after that, we started playing a little bit more and then started talking about recording.
2: And, and um so so you touched on um you mentioned roger earlier and, and and meeting jesse so so it seems like in recent years right you've you work and even Devin for that matter right so you work you've been working more with some of the musicians from the la maybe more of the of the roots reggae scene and traditional ska scene um what was the motivation, and, and, and was that was that was that a conscious decision to do that? Uh, obviously, you, they're they're incredible mu- musicians and just just good humans. But like, um, take us through the your thought process on on adding certain members to Long Beach of All Stars. I,
1: you know what, I don't have nothing to do with that. That's like <laughs> that's like that's like Miguel. All
2: right, all right, fair enough. Yeah,
1: and I go I go to practice and Rogers there. <laughs> and I'm just like, what are you doing here?
2: <laughs> and um that's amazing. You know,
1: we we immediately like just start hitting it off, you know, whatever. But like, yeah, I don't have nothing to do with that. Like Miguel's like the mastermind with the placement the placement of
2: uh personnel. Yeah. 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 No, that's great. Um as
1: to- as as for what I think what you were getting to was like so the last tour, the last tour after um for the self-titled yes. when we went on tour it was with Agrolite so Roger had double duty right and I had been chopping it up with Jesse like telling him I had some songs and if he would you know listen to them and maybe take you know produce them or whatever yeah yeah and so that's what spawned um the opium family album was just like here listen to these songs and do something with them
2: yeah which is also great right and who else was part of that project
1: um actually it was chris brennan um john asher Mm. um jason beltran yep and jesse
0: household names yeah. in los angeles eh? yeah. <laughs> yeah i oh, think they were
1: they, like they were there they were the ones that were like hey we're here you know what i mean
2: <laughs> yes indeed yeah you can't mm-hmm. you can't go wrong with that with that bunch right there And roy
1: too roy
2: okay roy, roy?
0: Uh,
1: uh what's his last name um Blaiskies? michelle
2: yeah yeah
1: that. yeah he's great
2: Thank yeah my pretty good wow yeah, yeah for mm-hmm. sure um Obi, who are some of your uh, vocal and, and, and singing inspirations?
1: Whew. I mean, there's so many that I get inspired from. I was a young kid. I, my mom used to listen to like Flora Pareem mm-hmm. and uh, Phoebe Snow. Um, she listened to like Stevie Wonder and a lot of like, I want to say it was like rock and roll
2: but very like latin
1: yeah yeah d- diverse uh, very diverse like laura nero all this like you know very diverse music and so i always sing, you know as a, as a kid and i wasn't a good singer and i tried to be in the in the choir and all that at school and everything but it never it was just a fun thing to do um when i figured out like you could just like the whole version and like you can just chat over rhythm like right it just it, me and brad were blown away by that <laughs> we were like we were like wait a minute they're giving you a chance you know what i mean they're giving you the rhythm like do it you know so that's that was like our whole deal and we would never we'd never i never wrote anything down i would just freestyle my ass off
2: okay.
1: you know i would like i would remember a certain part from you know another song and then just do the chorus to another song you know just messing around right but like when we when we like that came into our our thought process and our that whole we were just blown away mm. that we could play a version and just sing it you know it was like oh this is great this is this is our life
2: right and 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 and, and when you find out that you know what what range works for you and what what style and all that is well, yeah. yeah um yeah i can imagine <laughs> So, LBD, Long
0: Beach dub hall star, has released some incredible songs uh, over the ensuing years, including your brand new album. Maybe we should talk about that a little bit more. Echo Mountain. How you approach songwriting, or how the group or the band approaches songwriting? What kind of technique for someone who wants to become a songwriter?
1: Well, um, I have a different approach. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually hear like a certain structure and a certain tempo. And then I formulate my, my wording.
0: You hear in your head.
1: Yeah. Um, other people, you know, sit and have to, you know, play the chords and all that. Well, I hear the notes I sing. I I flow my words to what I think works to it. Mm. And then I'll take that structure to Ed, and Ed will take it and go, okay, now I have to to play this and change it and make it work. Mm. So we did a lot of that. We did a lot of demos, and then we just played them for the band, and they all listened to them. And we picked which ones we thought were the strongest that we liked. And those are the ones we went with
2: and and who on, um, so on echo mountain, who, who else wrote some, some song? Or, or, or... I wrote
1: the majority of it. Um, Miguel will write some, um, Ed will jump in and write some too. Tim will write some, um, we didn't bring in any guest writers or anything, or like,
2: yeah,
1: we didn't ask, you know, Chris Dowd to like write or anything. We just asked him to like do some harmonies and play piano and synth and stuff like that.
0: So everyone uh, is credited. All everyone who contribute is credited. Everyone, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So and get royalty check down the line. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thing Royalty check. <laughs> I know. I know. They're not, they're not paying for yep. streaming you guys can't keep track of streaming, so why pay them?
2: <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> and, and and Opie sonically, how do you feel Echo Mountain differs from the especially from your most recent one?
1: Um, right. from the self titled, uh, I would have to say we were like driven, I was driven to like. Making like make like a a studio one style album for the self titled, um, with the songs and like the playing too. Um, This one is the Echo Mountain is more of a like having fun, kind of like not sticking to the parameters of anything, just kind of like letting it do, letting it kind of form itself.
2: Yeah. More varied, varied styles. Right. And, um, yeah. um, but really, really impressive. And you, you guys should be really proud. I mean, it's, it's, um, uh, more, I listen to it, the more, the more I really enjoy it. And, uh, Thank you. and I also think, you know, one of the reasons we were talking about your, your, your style and your, and you touched on this as far as you know your, your range or whatever, but I, but I truly think i not just saying this cause you're our guest, but, but I, but, but I, I really believe that, that, you're, you're singing you're singing better than ever um <laughs> you know, i so, think
1: i yeah. think i i don't try um that's the thing i don't know when you're singing it's like if you try you kind of like mess yourself up you know you like you're overthinking it yeah, so you, let it so keep- it's a, yeah you just let it go, let it flow out of you
0: Mm-hmm. Right. I know uh, in doing the research for tonight, I came across uh, somewhere I read that one of the albums went platinum.
1: Mm, not ours, not yet. Not yet. Not yet.
0: Okay, soon to be. Maybe you're making a
2: prediction, Junior. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: hope so. <laughs> yeah, so to date, how many albums to the, uh, LBD? L- uh, I believe we have four. Four. Mm-hmm. Yeah we don't count the there's
1: one that we did uh the very first one we came out with was the lbd and friend lbda and friends mm-hmm. and it just has like a couple tracks and it has some live it has like um live half pint live uh Barrington um I think live Born Americans
2: right right right
1: that was like the first one we came we don't really count that as like full length or anything
0: yeah. So, yeah. is there any musician who, uh, especially from Jamaica, who you haven't really worked with, but would like to work with? Oh. Well, you seem to work with a significant number. Like
1: yeah. Me. I would have to say Jammies. Wow. Oh. Yeah.
0: Go to his studio and make an album.
1: Yeah, that would be incredible.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Anybody really, like, uh, just to go down there and, and talk and, you know, be there.
0: Yeah. So that what's went, the holdup?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> soon, soon come.
0: There you go. Yeah, yeah, man. yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: Right, right. Um. So, so you um, I saw Kelly vibes. I saw some other footage. You've, in addition to the core players, you have some guests that join you on stage. Um, Ross Wan, Jacob, No, um, Bradley, Son. Um, what other guests have joined you? And is that a, is that a regular thing or an occasional thing?
1: uh we've been touring with um Jacob um a little bit yep um and he's got his own band called Jacob's Castle but it's cool to you know he's he's down to come out and and play with us and you know to do you know his dad's song with him is pretty pretty legendary and it goes crazy every time
0: (laughs) I thought it was a high point when he joined you guys at color
1: oh yeah everyone knows who he is you know so and they they kind of know what's gonna go on so
2: yeah well so 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 touch on so so you've obviously have known Jacob since he was born in, in really, right <laughs> yeah so so it must it must be so special right and and just just meaningful to see him now up on stage right um but touch on that a little
1: bit yeah we were we were when we were in like uh we just did a little uh four or five shows on the East Coast oh. and um the last show he was on he he was gonna split they had to go leave early or whatever and I think I was talking to Brian Wallace about it and it was weird because his mannerisms are just like his father's you know what I mean in his wordings and his you know he's you know it's Brad's son mm-hmm. and there's little times when he's like does some does something and I'm just like <laughs> I'm like whoa I don't say nothing you know but I'm just like watching yeah and it's usually it's not really when he sings or anything because he has his own style you know what I mean sometimes when he'll do the growl or do one little thing with the vocal or whatever but it's usually when he's talking just to me or whatever little
2: more subtle things
1: yeah mm-hmm.
2: wow mm-hmm.
1: yeah it is it is a total trip you know it's like did you never thought that this day would be happening you know
2: true true So, so uh, so speaking of the tour you have you have more tour dates coming up and more shows coming up yeah on the sea uh is coming up
0: october August, september 30th uh yeah Del Rey. Uh, who are some of the other uh players of instrument and singers on that tour
1: um there'll be uh that that,
0: that specific show on that show yeah what does it you guys gonna perform on the ocean itself
1: (laughs) (laughs) no we got we have some shows before that um tell us uh we've got shoot here we go we got august 5th we got uh sea legs huntington beach Uh August, august 12th we've got the music box san diego Nice. August 18th, we've got Soho Music Club in Santa Barbara.
2: Okay.
1: August 27th, we got Dry Diggins in Grass Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, September 9th, we've got Left Coast Luau in yeah. o- Oak be- Canyon. Wow, nice. Silverado. Uh, September 23rd, we got got um, Bad Fish in Ohio uh, Fall Festival. Okay. And then September 30th, we got Reggae on the Sea.
0: Okay. Uh, t- tell us about Reggae on the Sea.
1: Um, we got uh, Miss B. Royale, Man, Lake Dub Music, yeah. uh, Tomorrow's Bad Seeds, and Us playing.
2: And that's on a boat? That was yeah. good. <laughs> nice. Yeah.
0: So if the boat is stationary or it's going to be cruising, perhaps? I think house.
1: it's going to be cruising.
0: Right. Wonderful. Cheers. Is this your first time playing on a boat?
1: I think so. Uh-huh. Hope I don't get seasick.
2: <laughs> junior, junior, Junior can get on there and just wear your life vest. Well, <laughs> uh,
0: honestly, it's not. I think. I mean, it's a. Saturday, if it's a Saturday night, then I probably won't be able to go. But the promoter
2: mentioned it, and nice. must be exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, Opie, you guys are going um, to Japan, right?
1: Yeah, for four days. Yeah.
2: First, first time there.
1: No, it'll be my, like, ninth time.
2: Oh, oh, everyone everyone okay. goes to Japan regularly. Yeah. <laughs> Were those other times with Long Beach, the Ball Stars, or separate?
1: Um, let me see. I want to say, like, three times or two times, Dub All Stars, and then numerous times I've gone and played with uh, my Japanese friends' band.
2: In which band uh, is that?
1: that's That's uh, One Big Family Band. right okay uh they're associated with sunshine dub
2: oh okay uh, reggae yeah. The music yeah nice. Mm-hmm. nice yeah they're
1: good they're yeah. good they're like they're like family
2: mm-hmm.
0: that's great well the name says it right
1: yeah one big family
0: yes
2: big up
1: satoshi <laughs>
2: uh, nice nice yeah. um so so Opie. um going back to uh your your, your tattoo role for a minute um uh I listened to a fascinating interview uh, today, podcast interview with um, Mark Mahoney, you know, uh, uh, oh yeah, tattoo artist from, from Hollywood, but um, legend, um, yeah, legend indeed, uh, t- tattoo artist of the stars. But um, so have you noticed? Um, there seems to be a lot more people with tattoos, right? Have you noticed a trend um, over the years, right? Because you've been doing this a while, right? So, so a lot. It's, it seems like more people have tattoos than not. Um, but, 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 but talk about any, any trends over the years or any, um, increase, you know, coming out of COVID or more people getting back to you. but talk the- about
1: Oh man, I've seen them all. Remember that, like there was a, the Y2K one when they had like the, everyone was buying the gas mask and they were like, the computers are going to
0: yeah, blow up. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. And then we were sitting there at the tattoo shop and we we're just like why are all these people coming in like they were coming in and getting crosses everywhere and like
2: oh, really?
1: yeah and we're just like going what's going i was like what's going on this is weird and uh my friend's like oh it's y2k man they think it's gonna be the end of the world wow so yeah. so we got like a total like surge of tattoos oh that's Probably because the people like are like oh i'm going to get a tattoo I never thought I would do it, but it's going to be the end of the world, so I better do it. There you go. (laughs) So That was one thing, and then the craze like the whole like media. Like I, I call it like it's like the rodman kind of like oh, sure. yeah, dennis rodman, people right. like see dennis rodman's tattoos and then they go and they're like oh I, they take a picture they print it out of dennis rodman's tattoo i mean not 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 necessarily saying his tattoo or whatever but it's going to be someone's tattoo and then they take it and they're like can you tattoo this on me right that's right. like the new that's like the new style
0: back then or now
1: it's it's like it's been prevalent for a while
2: and, as, and soon as, as
1: soon as they started like putting you know the the people on TV and that's
2: what I was gonna say right 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 yeah ink like, yeah, um
1: as soon as they're like yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So, some of those shows right people
1: whatever it's in it's if it's in like a commercial or TV movie
2: yeah
1: yeah that's what they want to get remember right. what was it called uh the movie with Selma Hayek and the, the dust till dawn oh yeah
2: yeah 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 remember
1: george clooney had like a tribal thing on his neck yeah. right people kept coming in they wanted like a tribal thing going up their neck so it's like
2: yeah, yeah. and and are there um is it become a lot more competitive as far as more more tattoo artists out there
1: yeah yeah, yeah. it's like a it's like a it's like a pissing contest yeah it's like. Yeah, it's like uh, any other business now.
2: Yeah, mm. but 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 you still you still enjoy it, and, and what what keeps what makes it enjoyable for you?
1: Um, I guess the fact that I get to do what I want to do. Right. Like I I I can pick and choose my clients, you know, and and it still is a challenge, you know. It's not like an easy. It's not an easy job to do, you know. Like every what everyone's challenge um patience (laughs) this the the skin everyone's skin is different so you're going to deal with you know flabby skin you're going to deal with tight muscular skin you're going to have to deal with people stressing out you know passing out you got to deal with all all their attitudes you know you gotta it's like a it's like a challenge to be a Mm. tattoo artist you know
0: know, once i went to get tattooed i put scotch tape over my mouth <laughs> yeah, I, bet. Yeah. I bet.
2: Well, so so speaking of that, Junior would like to uh, Opie. He's going to come see you. He would like one of these posters tattooed on his back. Okay, <laughs> but you're in. a problem. Which one would I pick? There the we one go. Is Which one was my one? favorite? So. <laughs> Um can you can you give a shout out to to uh, where you where you work out of uh, the, the tattoo yeah, shop Yeah right Great. Oh yeah
1: I work at uh Rick Walter's world famous tattoo in Sunset Beach
2: Right Yeah All right and and is that where you've been for a while
1: Um I'm just there recently um Rick um passed a while back and
0: your oh, own Shop at one point right
1: Yeah I had my own shop but it's just I don't I'm tired of babysitting
2: uh, I'm sure <laughs> Yeah. It's like a,
1: it turns into a kindergarten.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we've also we'll our destination. Yeah. Eh? Um Opie, what have we not talked about that that you want to touch on? Um. Um. More Opian friends. Uh. Pr- um. Music coming out. Any other side projects?
1: Yeah, I've been um, wrenching away at some more. Another album for the Opian family, Volume Two. Nice and i was talking with uh talking with some people we're gonna get something going here pretty soon what nice. time um i'm not rushing it i mean
0: yeah.
1: i have some demos already so once i just put my foot down though mm-hmm. they just start going so
2: and, and and likely some of the same players
1: um you know i don't know um I'd like to do some like that, similar, obviously a little bit different, but um, yeah, I dig those guys uh, and we're still in contact. I see him, you know, like every other weekend, you know?
0: Yeah. If I, if I, if I mean, no one is asking or care about my opinion, but if, if I were ever asked, I would really recommend Half-Bite.
1: Oh, of course. Of course. I've been, I've been, I've been trying to get him for like, months now
2: yeah ah yeah
1: the number i think the number i have is uh he's got a new number or something
2: right oh maybe 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 if you can help i, try on, and facebook, and, yeah. I try on facebook uh, yeah in in uh, you know yeah to. yeah junior can help connect those dots yeah
1: yeah link up that would be great link
2: um up. it'll be uh, one other question just because it's 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 important, obviously. So much, um, so much of this this American reggae, or as as a lot of people call it, Cali reggae scene, so to speak. But who, um, what bands from that scene do you feel, um, are standing out and 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 making making good waves, and that you recommend for people to check out?
1: Oh man, um,
2: not, not to put you on the spot. My
1: my favorite would my favorite bands would probably be for in that genre would probably be the expanders yeah um next up i would probably say shoot i don't know it'd be like in between um is groundation from california
2: no but 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 they're if they're if they're a favorite band uh, yeah
1: they're 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 um, doing uh, they're doing it right that i've heard i've heard some live stuff that they did that just blew my mind
2: yeah
1: um yeah a lot of the like i love i love the um what reggae raj is doing with his um old style oh, stuff yeah, the, real the, real the <laughs> night owls
0: that talent yeah America.
1: the night owls is probably one of my favorite albums yeah, probably, yeah, so. yeah. right um as for cali reggae man i'm gonna
2: no, that's I, we a- have
1: we have a bunch of friends that you know are doing it you know but i can't really pinpoint any one that's
2: I
0: love that answer.
2: <laughs> no, that's okay. And and one more question just because I, I was talking with them earlier today. Um, talk about the Phillips brothers and John and Matt and, and and uh and their their involvement in in your life and, and in Sublime and Dub All Stars and Dubcat. Um
1: Well they were like John was involved with Sublime, obviously, and then um He helped out double all-stars in the very beginning and then we just remained we remained friends you know since since then so he's helped me in art things you know um he's helped me with my publishing and stuff like that certain situations um yeah he's got me jobs and stuff so he's always had my back yeah um him Excellent. and matt you know um yeah i appreciate what they do um and they they're rising up you know they're doing they're doing a lot of shit right now so that's good you know
2: yeah yeah Getting their
1: name out there
2: very much so mm-hmm.
1: they got a good roster you know
2: yeah slightly stupid we should give a big shout out to you. yeah really help responsible i as think well. they have stephen marley in their camp too, right? yeah stephen Yeah, Stephen Marley, now part of that camp. Yeah.
1: I mean, I would have to say, like, for a live Cali reggae band, like, slightly stupid was holding it down.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They they just did a huge show in San Diego uh, with Sublime with Rome. That was massive at Petco Park.
1: Yeah. And they're they're still, you know, they bring out Don Carlos and they bring out Charlie Tuna and stuff like that. And, you know, yeah. We're supposed to we're gonna be working we're, we got a couple of tracks that we've been working on, we're gonna be doing with them soon.
2: Nice. That's great. Well, Ophi, that yeah, we, we really appreciate Any your time. Closing thoughts, my friend.
1: Peace and love. I like to
0: close <laughs> that's that's yeah. peace and that's love. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh from that time till this time, you never did put back your teeth in. Um
1: oh, okay, thank you.
0: You, you didn't <laughs> no i don't yeah. i lost
1: them i was where i used to wear them i had a thing and i used to wear them but it's just uncomfortable
0: mm-hmm. did it affect your singing
1: yeah, yeah it affects my talking and singing of course <laughs> gives yeah. me like a lisp
2: exactly <laughs> well ob, uh, yes, my OB thank you junior thank you and a, a shout out to uh to uh, our, our friend rocky Sean for helping yes well, um, with some of these questions and research uh, and Sean's a big long time fan of yours uh, Opie so um again Junior thank you yes Opie best of luck congrats on the latest album thank Have you very much on tour. give our best mm-hmm. to the crew and yeah, uh, thanks um, to everyone for the ongoing
0: support yeah, yes where I go here people talking about the podcast so please subscribe to this podcast series and uh, our YouTube channel. And of course, follow us at History of L.A. Skia on Instagram and join our Facebook group. That's doing fabulously well as well.
2: And follow uh, this gentleman at Junior yeah. Francis.
0: And of course, this series is produced by my good friend, Eric cola for Rockery uh, Radio. That's at Rockery at Rockery at Radio. Am I saying it right? Rockery underscore radio. radio.
2: <laughs> uh, and Opie, I might come see you for my very first tattoo. So who knows? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and please get out there, support the live music scene, support Opie, mm-hmm. Long Beach The All Stars. Uh, and until next time, take care, everyone. Be Peace. good. Junior, Opie, yes. have a great one. Take care. Yes. Much love, everyone. Bye-bye.